This podcast is part of the Red 5 Network. For more Red 5 Network podcasts, visit red5network.com. Welcome to the Unknown Regions, where a Star Wars-focused podcast brings you a variety of different content, such as the latest news, film, novel, and comic reviews, and connections with the people in the galaxy. This podcast aims to deliver fresh content to your comlink from the Holonet. This is Star Wars by MRC Tech. Episode 28, everyone, and welcome to Star Wars by the MRC Tech. I am your host, Sean, and we are happy to have you as we travel through the unknown regions. We're recording on July 27th, 2020. We missed you last week, but we're back at it this week. Here's what happened over the past couple weeks. Let's talk about it. On episode 28, we'll have our hyperspace spot as we usually do. We're going to step into the Lego world and see which sets are retiring in 2020. Sad times. Get them before they sell out. We'll talk about some things we learned about the new Star Wars Squadrons game. That should be cool. I haven't gotten a chance to actually read into it, so you're going to see the reactions live. We've got Star Wars stuff. Uh, reporting on somebody confirming some big news about a movie that's coming out in the foreseeable future down the line. We'll meet some of the new characters from the High Republic and get an idea of where that story is going. We'll introduce a new section I'm calling Light Speed Skipping. You can't light speed skip, apparently you can. And these are the sections just reserved for discussion and quick-witted responses. So we have two things to talk about. Uh, well, actually, three things to talk about. Two things revolve Twitter. One thing revolves my reactions to the audiobook of Dr. Afra. I didn't put it into reading the star segment because I, um, I'm only about two hours into it. It's a five-and-a-half-hour sort of thing. We'll get to it, but it's pretty cool. But the tweets... Uh, refer to some interesting insight into uh, the the X-Wing from the Rise of Skywalker, which we just saw last week rise out of the saltwater slash freshwater ocean and is practically unscathed. And why is that? I guess we'll see. And then I really wanted to get into these tweets that were, um, like it was like a 22-tweet thread, and it was very spicy stuff but something happened so you have to just stick with me as we get down to light speed skipping um as we finish up the podcast we'll be in our final part of that snow moon it's a breakdown we are at the hour i think 30 ish mark 
uh, right as Ray leaves for Exegol uh, in her very dry X-Wing. And we'll figure out, uh, you know, the rest of that movie and we'll react to it. And hopefully the, the, the Twitch stream this week will actually hear it, which will be uh, a miracle, being as I have to make sure the right audio buttons are clicked. But if you're new to the podcast or you need a reminder, you can support the podcast through listening. I know listenership is down. I'm, I know a lot of people are busy. But anything you can do to boost the show just through a share, a like, a review, whatever it takes to kind of bring some exposure to the show, it's super appreciated. Uh, I love doing this because I like talking about it. I love doing this because I love archiving uh, you know, thoughts and ideas, and, and it's just nice to be able to connect with the community. So thank you for doing that. And if you want some more action, you can check out my other podcast. That will have its first episode dropped in the coming week. Going live, a streamer story, a little bit of a different angle, no Star Wars involved. Maybe if you're interested in that, uh, but it'll just talk about live streaming and people behind the scenes making it happen to entertain you at home. Speaking of live streams, if you do like live streams, come on out and join me on Twitch, where we record the podcast, build Legos, play video games, all live, believe it or not. So make sure you follow the channel, like the page, join the chat, and have some fun. And if you did not know, the Red 5 Network is a collection of podcasters who produce some of the best content this side of the mid-rim. So head on over to red5network.com to learn more about it. And welcome, welcome, welcome to the stream, Dave GT 52 Make sure you go follow him on his Twitch channel, twitch.tv backslash Phoenix. I'm not going to spell it because I don't honestly know how it is spelled, but make sure you follow this channel, twitch.tv backslash mrctech. Now, without further ado, let's get on into our hyperspace spot. Ready? Punch it. In this hyperspace spot, we've got some things to cover. Let's start off with the Legos. Lego Star Wars list of sets retiring in 2020. This is according to Brick Fanatics. There's a list of Lego sets that do retire. That's the beauty of Lego, right? So the Lego, what will happen is they'll come out with a series of sets. They will stick them on the shelves for a certain amount of time, and then they will just stop producing them. So whatever is left, you know, if you can grab it, you're going to get some value out of it a little bit later on. So here is some of the Lego sets that are listed for retirement. And of course, I will let you know if I have this one. We have the ATAP Walker. I don't have it. The X-Wing Starfighter Trench Run. I do not have it. Dual on Starkiller Base. Got it. Built it. Wonderful. Both Action, Battle, Endor Assault, and Hoth Generator Attack. I think those are cool for little 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 guys, little, little peoples that want to play. Um, but not for me. The Major Von Regs TIE Fighter, the Red TIE Interceptor, I've got that one. That's excellent. That's from Resistance. 
The Action Battle Echo Base Defense, no thank you. The Black Ace Tie Interceptor, that is also from Rebels. It was kind of random. It's uh, I didn't think it was a very popular ship. I would have rather had the Fireball, but hey, where do you go? The Slave 120th Anniversary Edition, that is something that I should probably get. The Tantive 4 is another one that I should sweep up soon. That's a $200 guy, and it's a very beautiful ship. The Death Star Cannon, no thanks. Resistance A-Wing Starfighter, got it. You've seen it on uh, Built Live here, and it's on YouTube. Uh, the Pisana Speeder Chase, Samesies. The Droid Commander, this is, I believe, a uh, like a robotic sort of thing. Anakin's Pod Racer 20th Anniversary Edition is going, but I've got it. The Resistance Y-Wing Microfighter. Got it. Kylo Ren's Shuttle Microfighter. Got it. T-16 Skyhopper uh, versus the Bantha Microfighters. Don't have it. Don't need it. Don't want it. And the $500 Death Star. Not something I was actually interested in. I don't... I mean, it's... Well... Like it's it's kind of cool. I just it's got a bunch of different panels and different like scenes from the movie, so you gotta respect that. But I just wasn't interested in you know. I want I want something that like looks like a Death Star. But hey, it is a massive set coming with one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve, thirteen, fourteen, fifteen, sixteen, seventeen, eighteen, nineteen, twenty, twenty, twenty-two, thirty-two, thirty-two, over twenty-five minifigures. So that is actually pretty cool. Um. So it's uh, it's sad to see them go, but obviously some of these didn't really sell well, or they've been out for a long time. The Tantive Four is something. Oh, it's temporarily out of stock. Oh no, which means I'm gonna have to find it in a store somewhere. Not good. Not good. Uh, the 20th anniversary Slave One is on back order. This is not good. We're gonna have to do some digging to figure that out, but. Uh, it's always good uh, to go out with the old, in with the new, and that's the beauty of Lego. It's just so interesting to follow, uh, and that's good stuff. Next up, seven insights and things to know about Star Wars Squadrons. I am very interested in this. If you've ever loved Star Wars, you've probably wondered what it would be like to fly an X-Wing or TIE Fighter, if not dreamed of it. Soon, that dream will come closer to reality Announced last month, Star Wars Squadrons is coming October 2nd for PlayStation 4, Xbox One, PC, and Virtual Reality. A brand new flight game and the first of its kind for this generation of consoles. It will put players in the cockpits of X-Wings, TIE Fighters, and more iconic craft, bringing classic Star Wars dogfights to interactive life like never before in gaming. We all know that. We don't need to read about it. Uh, number one, classic Star Wars flight games influence squadrons in concrete ways. Uh, if I had to pick just one, I'd say X-Wing versus TIE Fighters, the game that inspired us most, as the core competitive multiplayer experience of Squadrons and some of our specific mechanics find their roots in that game. Also, the dual perspective single-player story of our game is influenced by how much we love the faction-specific pilot's eye stories in the campaigns of X-Wing and TIE Fighter. Respectively, we wanted to capture some of each faction's unique perspective by alternating between two separate pilots over the course of the plot. Meanwhile... The pace, energy, and raw sense of fun in the Rogue Squadron series has been an inspiration for us of Squadrons, especially while building certain missions for the single-player story. So that's pretty cool because I love the Rogue Squadron games. 
Two, while those beloved games of yesteryear were an inspiration, the Squadrons team was determined to make their mark on the genre. Make no mistake, Squadrons is not a nostalgia play. The developers wanted to pick up the baton or proton torpedo from classic games and move it forward. From the beginning, we wanted to draw inspiration from the past but not get stuck there. We've done a lot of things to make Squadrons gameplay really sing for a modern gamer, but a uh, from a new power management system that's built... With a more player-friendly design than what we saw in the 90s, slick new aspects to the flight model, like the ability to perform drift turns, and of course, everything that customize, customization adds to the game. Being able to make your ship and your pilot your own, not only with cosmetics, but with substantial changes to how your ship functions in combat, opens the door to a ton of gameplay depth. That's cool stuff. Number three, there are eight total ships in the game, and they were chosen for very deliberate reasons. Fraser and the team narrowed the ship roster to the craft that would appeal to fans and serve what they wanted to achieve with gameplay. Our eight playable ships are the X-Wing, A-Wing, Y-Wing, and U-Wing for the New Republic, and the TIE Fighter, Interceptor, Bomber, and Reaper for the Empire. Each of these ships falls into a particular role during Space Comet, Fighter, Interceptor, Bomber, and Support, respectively. As for why these ships, it was a combination of trying to hit the most iconic and recognizable ships that fans are most excited to play and trying to bring something new to the formula, which is where those support ships come in. Each starfighter brings its own distinct feel and flavor with its own core stats. In general, the New Republic ships are more durable thanks to their shields. Meanwhile, the Imperial ships tend to be more agile and hit harder, so you get a nice difference in feel between factions as a baseline. Then, of course, you add to that the different options each has in terms of what components they can equip, and the strategic layer of the game starts to emerge. A Y-Wing is the only ship in the game that can equip an ion turret, for, for instance, while the sports ships have certain utility abilities that are unique to them. Number four. Fraser has two favorite ships in the game, and they're somewhat surprising uh, choices. They're probably the support ships, the U-Wing and TIE Reaper, these are ships that weren't featured in classic games. Both were introduced in the film Rogue One, so it's super cool to get to see the inside of them. Look aside, they'll make for a richer experience. Uh, so think twice before running for that X-Wing or TIE Fighter. From a gameplay standpoint, they have a really unique, uh, varied role to play with several different ways to kit them out to be sorted. Uh, of a healer who's there to help your team, a disabler who ruins the enemy's team's days, a defender who helps hold down an area and protect the capital ship, or some mix of the above. The versatility makes them a lot of fun to play. Number five, Squadrons has sim elements, but it doesn't sit in that genre. As Frazier tells it, the goal was not to have Squadrons fit a standard definition of a type of game. Said it's all about Star Wars fantasy fulfillment. Squadrons is a first-person space combat game. Our game has several features built to create a sense of immersion and realism that many Star Wars fans have been craving. The sort of thing that make you really uh, make me really feel like a pilot controlling a starfighter at the same time. The experience is meant to be accessible for any player who has ever wanted to hop into an X-wing. Still, it does allow for a deeper experience than a typical shooter. Number six, modern tech has made that immersive experience more impactful than previously impossible even just from the trailers it's easy to see that squadrons is fast and gorgeous the detail on the ships and their maneuverability the explosions the pilots expressions a star wars flight game has never looked better that's just one way that the tools powering modern gaming has lifted squadrons to a new level all the classic games though wonderful are quite old now so a level of visual and audio quality we're able to deliver on with Squadrons is far, far beyond what was possible with those older titles. And I think it really helps players to immerse themselves in the game. 
Advancements in technology allow us uh, to give players a pretty amazing opportunity. The entire game is playable end-to-end -end in VR on both PC and PS4. And finally, number seven, if you were excited when Squadron announced, the game makers heard you, and it means everything. It's been outstanding, Frazier says, that the reaction to Squadron is for me personally, for the team at Motive, and for all of our friends at Lucasfilm who've been working hard alongside us for the last two-plus years. It feels wonderful to finally get to show the game to the world to see exactly what we've hoped to see. A ton of Star Wars fans eager to hop in the cockpit, and it arrives October 2nd. It's available to pre-order, and I think I will 100% pre-order that game because psychopathic for Star Wars games, and I love it. However, those insights were boring. We know everything about this game, and that was just a bunch of hodgepodge and fluff. So, no thanks uh, to that article, but thank you, StarWars.com, for providing it. Big news. Uh, real quick headline. Taika Watiti has confirmed he has started writing his Star Wars movie. It was announced just this past week, I think this week, uh, that a lot of the Disney movies, a lot of movies in general, are just pushing back their release dates, release dates, release dates uh, uh, for, you know... Uh, and for the foreseeable future. Uh, Mulan, for example, has no release date. They've pushed it back four times, and now they've just pushed it back indefinitely. Tenet, Christopher Nolan's new film, has pushed it back indefinitely. There are some things that need to be seen in theaters, and there are probably two of them. Um, Star Wars, although there's no foreseeable movie, there are announced three movies, and it was for 22, 24, and 26. That's years. And now they've been pushed back to 23, 25, and 27. Uh, now, is Taika Waititi writing those movies? I'm not sure. Uh, but if you don't know who Taika Waititi is, he was the voice of IG-11 in The Mandalorian. He also directed two of The Mandalorian episodes. He directed Thor Ragnarok. So he has the chops. He has the humor. And he has, uh, he also, I think he wrote Jojo Rabbit and starred in it, which won awards. Um, and he did this cute little YouTube series where he got on some actors and they read children's stories. And he did sound effects and it was wonderful and I think you should check it out. Uh, but I am very excited for what Taika Waititi can bring to the Star Wars universe as long as Lucasfilm allows creative freedom, which we'll get to that in the light speed skipping portion of the podcast. Finally, inside Star Wars, The High Republic, Meet the Jedi Knights and Masters, Part 2. So not all Jedi were like Obi-Wan and Yoda. Star Wars, The High Republic, Lucasfilm's multi-platform cross-publisher, Epic, launching in January 2021, will introduce the world to Skier, a tough Jedi Master that doesn't quite fit the mold. As such, he sounds very, very fun. Uh, Skier plays a major role in the Marvel Comics ongoing. It is an absolute joy to write, says Caven Scott, one of the writers behind The High Republic. He's a gruff, opinionated Trandoshan who has been around the block more times than he cares to remember. Loyal but brutally honest, you can always be sure Skier will tell you exactly what's on his mind. Or so Avar Chris and his fellow Jedi think. That's all about the change. This is a Jedi Master with a secret that is tearing him apart. Still, the High Republic is set at a time when the Jedi are at their peak, and none exemplify that more than Avar Chris. 
Revealed in the last installment of Inside Star Wars High Republic, Chris is the best of the best. She's a wise and compassionate Jedi Master who plays a major role in the great disaster that opens the story, says Lucasfilm publishing creative director Michael Siglane. He also offers StarWars.com one more interesting bit of lore that's surely in the Jedi archives. The answer to the question, who is the hero of Hetzel? Which we've teased. It's Avar Chris, but the answer is why is she the hero of Hetzel? Can be found in the light of the Jedi this January. Beyond the noble Jedi, however, there are more power players in the galaxy. As mentioned in May by Siglane, the Sand Tekas are a force during the High Republic. And if you know the connection there, you have Lore Sand Tekka, uh, who was in The Force Awakens. Once just a family of hard-scrabbled hyperspace prospectors seeking v valuable roots in the outer reaches of the galaxy, Charles Soule, one of Scott's co-creators on the High Republic, explains to StarWars.com, the Santeca clan has become a dynasty at the forefront of technologies and techniques that let Chancellor Lena So's great galactic republic continue to expand safely to new areas. Overseen by Skyons, Skyons Marlin, and Vela Santeca, the clan operates in close conjunction with the Republic and becomes crucial to its response to the Great Disaster. But the Santecas have a secret. Their rise did not come without cost. Sounds like Skier and the Santecas have something in common. Events from the past that they want to keep hidden. Uh, look for StarWars.com for more information. And if we're just looking at some concept art, the Transdotion looks very cool. Blue lightsaber in hand, uh, light garb and dark garb. Avar Chris looking very nice. Uh, and uh, the Santec is, is pretty cool. I like the connection to The Force Awakens. It's a wonderful thing. So that's some good stuff in the past two weeks that have come out, especially for a hyperspace spot. Well, we have more things to discuss as we move on to the next segment, and it's called Lightspeed skipping. Last jump, maybe forever. Hold on! You can't lightspeed skip the Falcon! Actually, it turns right, out guys, you can. We just landed, okay? What happened? Well, I'll tell you what happened, Ray. Let me tell you. In, uh, through my exploration of Twitter, I find these threads that I find very interesting, so. This thread is brought to you by the Ray of Shadow, at Ray of Shadow, written on July 14th. Like I said, this was sort of reserved for last week, but we're bringing it to you this week because it still works. Here's the topic, and let's discuss it, but quickly. Why the X-Wing being functional, in quotes, is uh, in The Rise of Skywalker doesn't ruin The Last Jedi. You have my attention. When we see the X-Wing in The Last Jedi, its purpose is not immediately obvious, but anyone who's seen The Empire Strikes Back assumes that later on the film, Luke Skywalker will lift the X-Wing from the water. When we see Luke Skywalker appear on Crate, we're supposed to assume that he flew there in his X-Wing. It's fair that he's there physically, not as a projection. The X-Wing's purpose was to be a red herring. Later, we learn that Luke Skywalker is actually projecting an image of himself to Crate. And the reason for this is because, as he stated earlier, he could not have simply walked out with a laser sword and faced down the whole First Order. He would have been killed. 
But his actions on Crate weren't about facing down the First Order, they were about saving his friends, about reigniting the spark of hope in the galaxy, about reaffirming the legend of Luke Skywalker and what it meant to people. Fair. In The Rise of Skywalker, it is Rey who must face down the Emperor with her laser sword after succumbing to the same darkness as Luke. We see Luke raise the X-Wing out of the depths of his former despair. That's because he's Yoda in this final film. It's a fan service, yes. But it's not crapping, that's edited, on Ryan Johnson. In fact, it strengthens Ryan Johnson's film. We're supposed to believe the X-Wing is functional in order for Ryan Johnson's film to work, for us to think Luke is on crate, and nothing in the film indicates that the ship doesn't function. J.J. decided it was functional the whole time. Luke wasn't stranded on Act 2. He could have left at any time and chose to remain because he truly believed that it was time for the Jedi to end and that the legend of Luke Skywalker did more harm then good. It's true, the main purpose of the scene was fan service and to beat people who didn't get uh, Luke's arc over the head to show us the Luke Skywalker we wanted in The Last Jedi, and that's perfectly fine. It doesn't ruin Ryan Johnson's film. Side note, if you want to get picky, the purpose of the X-Wing is to provide a route to Exegol for the Resistance. And the reason Rey needed to be on Act 2 to, was to receive Leia's lightsaber from Luke and to learn that Leia trained as a Jedi. Everything fits. For me, that works. I don't really care. I mean, listen, it's Star Wars. It's fantasy. If you are going to nitpick... People were nitpicking the bombs in The Last Jedi. They were like, oh my god, there's no gravity in space. How could that work? Well, in a book that no one would buy called The Visual Dictionary, you find out that they're magnetic. And that's fine. But when I was watching the movie, all I was seeing was bombs dropping, exploding things. And I'm good with it. It doesn't matter when I'm watching it. Uh, of course... You have some naysayers. So here is the only naysayer I will read because the rebuttal is equally satisfying. Reasonable points, but if a plot point requires a nine-tweet thread to explain itself, it's immediately flawed. Now, that is an argument that I hear a lot. Like, oh, if it can't explain it in the movie, then it shouldn't be a thing. Well... There's a lot of books out there that don't explain things, and then you have to do this weird thing called analyze it and make interpretations and make connections on your set, on your own. And that's called, are you ready? Ready, kids? I hope you're paying attention. That's called critical thinking. So Ray of Shadow responds, I prefer to think of it as some people needing a nine-tweet thread to explain something they could have simply thought about on their own if they weren't so jaded. I mean, how did I internalize all this from watching the film? And that's a sick burn, and that is our first light speed skip. And into our second light speed skip was another controversial tweet thread. And when I went to review the topic today, it disappeared. The account that these tweets uh, related to has been deleted. Not just the thread. The entire account was er eradicated. Which, to me, I was going to cycle this under, you know, don't put any stock in it because it's just somebody ranting on Twitter. But now I have to believe that something went, went wrong. It has to. Of course, I don't have the 23. I should have screenshotted them, but I didn't. The 23 tweet thread basically kind of poo-pooed on the behind-the-scenes process, starting with the decision to hire J.J. Abrams in 7, and 
uh, bring him back in nine. And all of the machinations that happen behind uh, closed doors, things that we don't hear about as fans. And I truly believe that there was some manipulation of this final film to meet and satisfy the Disney stakeholders versus telling a braver story. A story that would have taken a little bit of carriage. A story that could have had some real implications, some some real things to happen to it, but it didn't. It took very safe routes. That doesn't mean that it was bad. It just means that it was cowardly. And I don't blame the director. The director's job is to provide a vision. And when that vision gets blurred by the many, many moving parts of corporate America, uh, it's just a shame when the creative process can get killed. So to connect it back to Taika Waititi writing his Star Wars film, I do hope that he has the creative uh, freedom to be able to write and tell the story that he wants to write. With, of course, blessings from the Lucasfilm story group and making sure it all fits into play. I'm all good for that, but I just don't want to hear another, another, another source saying that the movie that they wanted to create didn't get created because Lucasfilm stepped in and said, you can't do it that way. Solo got rid of its directors. Rogue One went through many rewrites. The only shining, shining bit of Star Wars new stuff is the Mandalorian. You know, listen, I don't have to make these connections for you. You can see them plain and simple right in front of you. As we light speed skip to the last bit, let's talk Dr. Aphra. I hope there's a Dr. Aphra movie because, man, this character is awesome. Dr. Aphra first appeared in the comic books, and through the glorious service of Amazon Prime, I was able to read a lot of the issues of Dr. Aphra on my uh, Kindle device. I think I think that's what a fire tablet. And really liked it. She's an anthropologist. Anthropologist doesn't seem right. Uh, no, I'm sorry. An archaeologist uh, looking for old artifacts that are dangerous and potentially life-threatening. And she's got an attitude and she's got a cool, she's got a cool Han Solo vibe going on. She resurrects these two uh, droids that uh, they're called Triple Zero and BT something. And they're assassination droids, but they just look like R2-D2 and C-3PO. So it's kind of a cool, like, you know, like a uh, yin and a yang to them and they just want to threaten and kill people the entire time and she's very morally gray uh, i think she leans on the side of not really evil but you know uh, connie you know i'm gonna be a little con artist here and see what trouble i can get into and then see how fast i can get out of it and then she uh gets commissioned by vader to do some tasks for him so the connection to what we know is Vader, and there's a little bit of probing that happens and a little bit of stuff that goes down, and the audiobook version of Dr. Aphra, something I bought day one for $15, is a five-and-a-half-hour full production experience. Voices, sound effects, different people, uh, music. It's, it's really, really good, 
And, uh, you know, I just, I implore you, if you've never read Dr. Afro in the comics, this is a great time to jump in and get on the Dr. Afro train. Uh, she's a unique character. She is something out of left field. And I do, do hope that she makes an appearance in maybe a solo series or some kind of solo two movie that could happen. I mean, she lives in the same time frame as, as our characters live. So there's no reason why we can't have a crossover. Um, and it's, it's going to be awesome. Like I need to see Dr. Afra on TV or on film. I would love it. And as we come out of our last, uh, hyper speed, light speed skipping, um, we move into our final segment, the final part of the rise of Skywalker. So we're just going to cue that up and, uh, we'll get started right after our introduction. Look at him. He's heading for that small moon. That's no moon. It's a breakdown. Welcome back to That's No Moon. It's a breakdown. We are in the final act or final part of The Rise of Skywalker where it gets pretty exciting. And I hope uh, you're here to enjoy it with me. If you're following along... We're at the hour 34 mark. Uh, we'll call it the hour 35 mark. Scrub that video. Let's get rolling. We're going to full screen. We've got the closed captions on. I'm excited to bring the final part to you. Of course, because of copyright, I can't exactly show you the movie on twitch.tv backslash Tech, But you can certainly listen to it and uh, uh, follow the subtitles for the most part, at the bottom, so you know where we're at. So, commentary starts now. This is our final part. Thanks for sticking with me. Okay. Oh, hello. I am C-3PO, human cyborg relations. So we cut to a great part of uh, R2-D2 backing up in such shock. And anguish. I if I had a best friend. You want to put what in my head? Under no circum. What's up, McFull? How are you, friend? Artu, have you heard? I am going with Mistress Ray on her very first. So, on first viewing of R2 recovering his uh, memories, I loved it. But then, after thinking about it, it's cowardly, because they could have left C-3PO uh, mindless, and he had to relearn itself, which would have made his sacrifice mean something more. Or, R2-D2 could have showed him, at the end of this movie, after they win, all of the events of the past, and it could have been like a little montage, and that would have been cool, too. But anyways, she's in red five. She looks great. She's wearing a helmet. In the other ships, she was not wearing a helmet. I don't know why she's wearing a helmet this time. Maybe she's just a little obsessed with it. It's fine. Yeah. So now we're all gathering the troops to Exegol. Just getting home from work. Mick Full, welcome back. Hopefully you can just... Hey, we're just getting into movie time, so come on in. All right, so now we're developing the plan under the Tantive Four 
Leia is gone. Poe and Finn are in command. And there's a special navigation tower. <laughs> there's always a weak point in the boss that they're going for. So uh, the, the strategy is pretty simple, you know? We think hitting the cannons might ignite the main reactors. That's our chance. We need to post Lando with a great line. That's our chance. Movies one in a million. Fighters and freighters can take out their cannons if there are enough of us. Neam Nub, always the pessimist. There are not enough of us. Correct, DMCA. Send out a call for help for anybody listening. We've got friends out there. They'll come if they know there's hope. They will. People are not encouraged by the fact that people will come out. They are remembering Crate at this time. Those who remember Crate know that no one came to their help. But Poe believes, you know. And this is kind of a turning point for Poe. You know, he's he's referencing Zori Bliss's little influence on him. You know, we got Lando on the ship, on the Falcon for a second. You know, that's the first time he's been on that ship since blowing up Death Star 2. Well, allegedly, I mean, in movies, in movies, he, he could have been on the ship before. Great shot of the Tantive Four hovering over the, the, uh, the forest top of Aging Kloss. Um, ships rising out of this cool... You know, for a moment, and it would have been cool if they were actually on, like, Batu, And this is how it connected to the, to the, you know, the Rise of Resistance ride. That would have been pretty cool, but it wasn't. Alright, Ray uh, arrives to Exegol to a fleet of massive... She's breathing heavily. That's what the closed captions told me. And there's just so many Star Destroyers. Like, it's... It's Attack of the Clones embarrassing to have that many Star Destroyers, in my opinion. And by, what I mean by that is the amount of clone troopers that were exactly the same copy and pasted animation, it just didn't look great. Okay, so she lands her X-Wing. She leaves the lights on. I hope the battery will not run out on her. We've got Palpatine's theme playing. We've got similar scenes to Kylo Ren in the beginning. All of the ships going through the red, gaseous kind of star clusters that are very uh, volatile. Captain, we have resistance craft incoming. General, use ion cannons. Use ion cannons. Why? Yeah, look at that fleet. It's unbelievable because of this. I use ion cannons, right? Now, according to my Star Wars knowledge, ion cannons disable ships, yet they're firing regular cannon blasts at them. But I guess maybe the ion cannons are just in case, so they don't hit each other? Maybe that's the reason? You know, this uh, final act is very fast. It, it flies between the battle above and the conflict below. And it's, of course, 
very it mirrors return of the jedi a lot with the space battle above endor and luke being on the death star actually that had a little bit more no i'm thinking of it that had a little bit more uh, complexity because they could have blown up death star 2 at any time right and uh he would have been dead and that a thing but here Got some good stuff. Showing some scale to the Star Destroyers. Now we got these these Thai uh, what are they called? Thai Whisper? No, that's not Whispers. But they've got triangle wings this time around, not just squares. Going triangles. So the First Order snuff out their plan. They sniff it out and they Shut down the navigational tower. Now, why not just blow it up? Just blow it up anyway, right? What? You get five ships. You just fire at that. So if they wanted to go back to it, they couldn't. But instead, you know, Finn, Finn gets a feeling here, and he goes, you know, force feeling. There it is. And, he, you know, he's kind of, he knows First Order lore I guess and he's like listen it's coming from that ship I know it's coming from that ship because this is this is exactly like them to go to that ship one thing I really liked about this movie is a ground invasion in atmosphere on top of a Star Destroyer it is the most ridiculous Star Wars thing you could think of and be like hey what if we landed horses on top of the Star Destroyer and it was like old school Western on top of technology. And they were like, that's a friggin' home run. Let's go. And I think it is a home run because it's a great scene. Rose getting her four seconds of making. We see red stormtroopers finally. Even though they were advertised for a long time. But didn't really pan out until the last final minutes of the movie. Which is kind of curious. Ray approaches the throne. She is cautious, yet confident. Lightning strikes. This is the same throne she saw in her vision. It must be a little bit disorienting. Yes. Voices chanting in alien language. Okay. So this is the Sith Acolytes. Thousands upon thousands of people living on Exegol. Building these ships for years and years and years and years and years. It is just... I mean, that concept is really cool. It, it is. It, it is really cool. There, uh, just, I just don't believe have I in the Palpatine storyline. And I keep saying that just because it comes out of nowhere. It would have been, like, cool if Sith Acolytes were, like, spying on her from afar in The Last Jedi or in The, in the Force Awakens. I wanted you here, Empress Palpatine. So he's, he's baiting her a little bit, telling her, just like Luke, that, you know, strike me down, blah, blah, blah. Here. It is in your blood. 
our blood. I haven't come to lead the Sith. Mm -hmm. I've come to end them. As a Jedi? Yes. No. Your hatred, your anger. You want to kill me? That is what I want. Kill me, and my spirit will pass into you. Yes, it will. I also do believe that the Emperor's spirit would have passed on to Luke as well. We will be one. I think. I think he's figured it out. And oh my god, they are firing up the Star Destroyers. Holy moly. We've got cool scenes here, got a lot going on. First order training coming in humongous with Janna and Finn covering for BB-8, who is just, she's got so much potential. Janna using her bow like Katniss Everdeen, taking out jet troopers, awesome stuff there. What is it with the bow and arrow that is just great? Last of Us 2. Last of Us had bows and arrows. Here we go. Dropping in some charges. Let's get the hell out of here. Sneaking it. Loads it up and yes. Power to the nav tower is temporarily disabled. We're offline, sir. Reset the navigation signal. Minutes away, sir. Minutes away, sir. No, no, wait, listen. The crown cannons have stopped. They're resetting their systems. So? I gotta go do something. I'm staying with you. Okay. Again, we're uh, assuming Finn's gonna sacrifice himself. What a... What a wonderful sacrifice it would have been. Uh, I, I still stand on the side of the fence that Finn should have. Sacrificed himself in The Last Jedi. The time has Ooh. come. Gasping. With your hatred, you will take my life. This is and the most, like, tropey boss speech ever. Not even you. Weak. Like your parents. My parents were strong. They saved me from you. Your master, Luke Skywalker, was saved by his Ooh. father. The only family you have here is me. Boom. That's actually a pretty cool line. That's a cool that's a cool line. Palps Palps got her on that one for sure. your friends are up there you know it we know it he knows it the acolytes know it the viewers at home know it they don't have long no one is coming to help them and you are the one who led them Ooh, lots of guilt lots of guilt palps down. take the throne reign over the new empire and the fleet will be yours only you have the power to save them. Cool scene of a jet trooper coming through fire. Gotta love that. Refuse. And your new family. Y-wing's going down. A-wing's going down. 
Oh! Who shows up? Wait a second, how'd he get there? Magic? Did he magic himself there? I love it, Ray realizes this. And she's like, we got a secret plan going on. So we got Ben Solo. Oh, he has a TIE Fighter. Okay, we're gonna we're gonna stick on that TIE Fighter just for a few seconds. And how did that TIE Fighter work in the Death Star 2 that has been in the sea for many years? I don't know. But we're just gonna accept that it happened. Ben is on his way. Go without us. I guess. We're taking this entire ship down. What? How? We're gonna hit the command deck. Gross. Please. Go. Oh, she's concerned. I just love that they're MacGyvering everything. Let's go with the cannons. She will strike me down and pledge herself as a Sith. Oh boy. Oh boy. Oh, Ben Solo just using the blaster like his father. Love it. And not great. All of that build-up, we finally have a Knights of Ren confrontation versus their old master, Kylo Ren. Now Ben Solo, we'll see. She will come to me. Ben does not do well in this fight. He is just getting pummeled. Yeesh. Yeesh. Yeah, they're like, yeah, we got you, buddy. You're probably not going to survive this one. We're going to have to take you out. Love this connection. This is actually giving me chills right now. They're communicating in their brains. She she does a little nod like, hey, 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 by the way, I'm, I'm going to hand you this lightsaber through space and time and you're just gonna deal with it Palpatine looking ridiculous gingerbread thank you for the host the lightsaber is gone what is this magic oh yes love love the shoulder shrug love the confidence they don't stand a chance. Ben Solo is going to decimate them. We've got Leia Saber in action now. This sequence is great. She is grabbing energy bolts, deflecting them with her hand like Vader. Like there's no problem here. Uh, that's a stupid timing of a scene, but we'll, we'll let it go because a lot of cool things are happening. He's dead. He's totally dead. He's flying through the air. Unbelievable. Great stuff. Nope, yep, 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 Ray, just boom, bang, boom. Training on Agent Claus. Working out for stuff here. And he's dead too. We have a reuniting of Ben and Ray facing the Emperor together. Great cinematography. Wonderful things happening here. And I love it. Stand together. Die together. <laughs> Why is he so strong still? Oh, taking some life force? The life force of your bond. Interesting. 
power like life itself. Unseen for Like they are frozen in time. The power of Unseen in generations. Do we see a dyad? In the High Republic. Thank you for the bits, Killy. How are you, brother? Oh, they're just getting the force sucked out of them right now. It's unacceptable. He is regaining his laugh. He's getting his golden red eyes back. And it's not good. Not looking good for our heroes right now. Snap, Wexley. Is a decent sacrifice in a movie. It's not the greatest. Um, that's fine. Love you too, buddy. Make sure you follow Killacam, F-O, twitch.tv backslash sexy man. I'm sorry, twitch.tv backslash Killacam, F-O. <laughs> Make sure you follow him. I'm sorry. We got Poe. He's, he's very sad. I we had a shot. He's, too many of he's, he's just seeing... Oh my god. There are more of us. Uh, I can't say I was a fan of the unbelievable amount of ships that have come into our frame here. Look at this. But what's cool is once you read the books, you get to see, well, you get to read about the different styles of ships and where they came from. And a lot of things are cool. We have the ghost, we have the fireball shows up, uh, some Mon Calamari ships, a lot of a lot of great stuff. We've got Wedge Antilles. By the way, Wedge Antilles, son-in-law, Snap Wexley, just died two minutes ago, and he is super excited to blow stuff up in his honor. Where did they get all these fighter craft? They have no navy. It's not a navy, sir. It's just people. Boom. If that's not the most 2020 thing yet, they don't have a navy. It's just people. People coming together to take down an empire. So long, Sky Trash. Who's that flyer? Take a guess, Spice Runner. Great Babu Frick. Love it. Cool, weird-looking ship. I just peeked there. That was very interesting. I'll have to dissect that later. My man's got new robes. He's got new life. Look what uh, Palpatine is made. is just in in it to win it. He's got a cool-looking belt. I don't know what the dyad does in the Force, but apparently it provides new clothes, new shades of color. It's wonderful. Ben Solo, very powerful. He's pissed. Like, just Palpatine's just so mad. He's so mad right now that he's getting up. As once I fell, so falls the last Skywalker. Get out of my face, Ben Solo. Bye. Go down this cliff. That didn't feel great. Do not fear the feeble attack, my faithful. Nothing will stop so, just thinking about this as he's force lightning everything and just really disrupting this whole existence. <laughs> if if the dyad restored his body, right? Restored his body from a crippled state. Why didn't it restore his? 
face from the prequels pre-Force Lightning. Wouldn't it, wouldn't it have done that? Man, that alert came in real late. Good thing I pay attention to chat, Killy. Tantive 4 is down. <laughs> Gingerbread, you knocked that off. Okay, now we got a very cool scene. Anyway, that's just interesting. Why wouldn't the dyad heal his face? What if we got young Palpatine? What if that was the thing? <gasps> that's actually interesting. I'm going to have to discuss that with somebody. All right, and now we got this cool little scene. Let's just listen. Thank you for the bits, G. Love you. All the Jedi in her head finally being with her. From Anakin Skywalker to Qui-Gon Jinn to Luke to Yoda to Ahsoka. I know in theaters I was like giddy. Like, this is great. I love it. I would have loved to see them in Force Ghost form, though. I'm going to be honest with you. I, I, it would have been really cool to see that. But I get why they did All right, now all the ships just suddenly just regain, you know, their maneuverability and they're back. Okay, all right. So now we've got Palpatine, whose only move is to spam Force Lightning. And the first time it didn't work against Mace, the second time it didn't really work against Luke. Well, it worked against Luke. Uh, I'm all the Jedi. But like, we've got double bladed lightsabers. We're going to be pushing this energy back to you. Palpatine doesn't really stand a chance. You would think. Stop! Stop with the Force Lightning. It's it's actually, I don't really like the way Palpatine... Now, listen, he gets decimated. It is violent. It is wonderful. Uh, but I don't really agree with it. Like, alright, I think when the second lightsaber came, he should have stopped and then, boom, produced his lightsaber. They have a short battle, you know, and... You know, Ben sort of comes out of the the, the pit, and she throws the lightsaber to him. Ray gets impaled by Palpatine. Ben finishes him off, and then Ben heals her because she's dead, and it would all have worked out the same, right? But we didn't get that. Instead, we've got 
Melty Palpatine. Which I think is dumb. What I don't think is dumb is a Star Destroyer losing atmosphere and Lando and Chewie. Thank you for the bits, McFull. Thank you very much, by the way. Hold on, Chewie. And just rocking it down this blowing up Star Destroyer. By the way, Finn and Janet are just standing vertical on it. They're just like, what the hell is going on? I don't know what they're, they're jumping. We're jumping. Great scene. That thing is destroyed. Get on out of here, Lando, buddy. Look at, look at the background. Unreal. I love it. Get him in that ship. Let's get out of here. And we've got Ray, who's like, yeah, I did that. I did all of this, but I'm really tired. Like, it took, actually, that took all of it. Finn feels her life force draining. She's she's out. She's out. I was sad. I'm gonna be honest with you. I was like, well, she could be. She's probably dead. Um, but I did have an early prediction many many months ago that that Ben would have healed her. Uh, so I wasn't surprised at this next scene. A hand. He's been climbing for 20 minutes right now. <laughs> he is limping. He, f he fell. But he's determined. We've got a little bit of a, uh, a Kylo Ren trumpeting in the background, which is curious. I guess that's both their themes. It's just a little bit more happy. Okay, so she's dead. She, he, he lifts her onto his lap. I'm gonna say, like, the eyes open death is, is I'm not a fan of. I don't think we needed that. You know, I think kids, kids especially, that made for 10 to 12 year olds, would be a little taken back at this. Um, he could have just brought her up into the embrace here and then healed her. And he's like, wait a second, hold on. I think I totally remember that I could do this, but I've never done it before, so I guess I'm just gonna try it. Thank you for the biddies, Dave. My gosh. You're all stupendous. I, I guess you're enjoying the commentary, and this is great. So he's like, all right, let me just do some deep breaths. Let me get into my Zen state, and I'm just gonna go ahead, and I'm gonna transfer a little bit of my life force into you to bring you back, and let me just... Oh, wait, that's too much. Ooh. Okay. And, uh... This is where I go. All right. Cool, he brought her back. I guess they're gonna kiss. The music is weird here. I think it's a little awkward. Both breathing shakily. A hug. Just a hug. A hug would have been great. I don't like the kiss. The kiss is I'm not into. I think the kiss is stupid. I don't think it satisfies anything. I, like, what is the purpose? Not one time. But he tortured her from this, from that, to this. You know, you don't kiss your friend for, 
you're like holding the elevator door. You know, I think a hug, right? A good and like Ben, they look at each other and it's like, yes, we did it. And he goes limp in her arms and falls back. Would have served the same purpose. He fades. He has redeemed himself. He fades into the ether. Leia fades into the ether. I have chills right now. It is great. It's wonderful. Star Destroyer's destruction is just raining down supreme. The amount of pollution and metal scrap uh, is disgusting. It's terrible. But things are happening. And as we, we enter the epilogue stage of our movie, let's just enjoy the cinematography. And Red 5. Just, let me just hit that button. And I'm out of here. Red five is in the air. Ray's alive. Lando seems surprised by this. I see. People are rising up all over the galaxy. Oh, we did it. Love that R2 flew with Poe, by the way. That's great. Ships coming together. Led by the Falcon, of course. Poe's X-Wing. Ray's X-Wing. Lots of cool ships survived. Uh, Cloud City had a First Order Star Destroyer. It could have also been a Sith. Um, something I, th that was cool that was mentioned, which is kind of wild. Above Endor, the Haldo maneuver split a Star Destroyer in half, so someone sacrificed himself. Apparently, they were still occupying Jakku for whatever reason. So more Star Destroyers going down. The Scavengers are going to be very happy about that. Uh, Unkar Plutt, he's gonna make it. He's gonna make a good dime. People reuniting back on Ajon Kloss. Would have been cool to see Vi Marati at this. Just a brief glimpse. Vi Marati, great character from Batu. Lots of happiness. Chewie and Rose with the embrace. Lots of hugging. Lots of relief. I love this scene with Finn just like taking it all in. Like he went from a regimented first order who was killing everybody to the happiest day of his life. Pose like to Zori, yo, thanks for coming back. Appreciate appreciate your survival. And then he tries to give a little little winky winks. And she's not having it. And I laughed in the theater, so it was good. It was good. Lots of characters we're seeing. Lesbian kiss. I'm into it. It's good for me. Maz Kanata. Uh, one of the best moments of this movie. Handing over uh, what seemingly is uh, Han Solo's medal to Chewbacca. And just a great scene. It brings tears to my eyes. It's great. Poe. Oh, Poe and Finn hug. There's nothing better than a Poe and Finn hug. It's awesome. Ray left at with them, but he is getting there last. You know, making a statement. That's fine. I had to stop for gas. Pick up some some gum. Her theme coming in strong. BB-8's pumped. She's pumped. Strange scene with Lando. It doesn't really fit the movie. What about you, kid? Oh, I don't know. Well, let's find out. 
it's just a weird. It doesn't like we know that she's his daughter, but the, the dialogue could have been a little bit better. Anyway, everybody's like, "Yo, this is we got a Jedi here. She used, you know, this is great. She's back." I see it, and then actually, this this scene of all three of them, you know, they've they've come so far, and they have one of the best hugs ever. I feel I feel all of it. They go, and again, this movie is flying fast. They go from arguing and bickering onto an adventure, onto the most dire of circumstances, down into you know victory, and this victory. Is, is a sweet one. It's a sweet one. And as, I, as our camera fades out, that's where we leave our heroes. And we, we enter our epilogue. We seem to be on the Sands of Tatooine, based on the Sandcrawler. I think this would have been a good opportunity with Rey in her hero gear to wear something different in this epilogue. To, to have a little bit more of an upgrade in terms of her costume design. I don't know why they didn't do it. But that's fine. I think it would have been a nice... They, they could have sold another toy. You know, she slides down. A little homage back to The Force Awakens, which is cool. She's at the Lars homestead. Love the music here. The amount of sand in that homestead, I can't imagine how much sand they had to remove each day to live in that place. She wraps the sabers, which I think is very appropriate. I think that is it's a very cool bit of storytelling. And she's like, you know what? We're going to bury these where it all began, where it, where it truly all began. With Anakin Skywalker being on Tatooine as a slave, eventually all making it back to the Lars homestead. Obviously, Alderaan doesn't exist, so Tatooine makes sense. And this girl has her lightsaber, and it's a rock-solid golden-yellow lightsaber. Really cool. Would have loved to see it being used in this movie. A little disappointed about that. No one for so long. There's been no one. Who are you? There you go. I'm she... Ray. Ray who? Ooh. Ain't that a thing? Ain't that a thing? Now, I'm okay with Ray Skywalker. What would have been cool if it was like Leia Force Ghost, Luke Force Ghost? Anakin Force goes, friggin' Padme shows up, something happens, and we see the legacy of the Skywalkers, you know, in Force Ghost form. That would have been pretty cool. And what's what's interesting, I didn't know this from the first, but I'll just pass it on to you, is that this is, from what I understand, a sunset, not even a sunrise. Because I thought, as we fade on out to the music and we just listen to this, I thought that having that that binary sunset, a binary, you know, that that's Luke saw that sunset right uh, twice. He saw it on Tatooine. He saw it on Actu. Uh, she saw, I think, a similar-looking scene 
like on Jakku with, with her and BB-8 walking, you know, into the sunrise of the next day or something along those lines. I just think that's a cool ending of a scene. Now, is it the best movie? I think it's up there in my favorite in terms of, like, action and pace and, and things like that. But when you start looking at it and you and you start really breaking it down, you know, the Palpatine storyline doesn't work for me. Uh, uh, there, there's not enough story exposition. There's not enough things going on that kind of drives the movie. There's too many disconnections from the other movies. Um, it feels like it's the finale of, of two movies we never got to see. And that's a shame, you know, it, it's, it would have been nice to see a more cohesive story. But we got what we got, you know, this was their way of wrapping it up. And if there was meddling within the storyline, it is very clear uh, that that happened. But we've come to the end of our journey, friends, the end of the Rise of Skywalker, the end of the Skywalker saga. And the only time we're going to relive it is when we play the Lego, uh, Star Wars Lego Skywalker Saga coming out in October, already pre-ordered, get ready. Um, but yeah, that, that's that been it. We might uh, be moving on to break down maybe The Force Awakens. We can go backwards a little bit, or we can go on to Solo, right? I haven't seen Solo in a long time. I'd love to talk about that movie with some people, but stay tuned. Thanks for checking in with us and as we fade this out uh, let's finish up our little podcast here and we'll uh, catch you on the other side all right folks as we finish up episode 28 i want to thank you for sticking with me in this extra long session uh we we've covered a lot we had to cover two weeks worth of news uh, a lot of lego sets retiring some High Republic stuff. A uh, lot of cool things happening. I appreciate you listening in. I appreciate my Twitch community for hanging with me during the live commentary of The Rise of Skywalker. So I hope you enjoyed that. And if you have a suggestion for a movie that you would like me to live commentate over, please suggest it. But I'm leaning towards Solo, meaning uh, ma uh, mainly because I you know, really haven't seen it. I think I've only seen it about once or twice. So... I like seeing a, per a fresh perspective on it, and I'll be able to sort of give you my honest opinion about it. But uh, please uh, make sure you follow this podcast, subscribe to it, shout it out, share it, do what you got to do to make it the best experience possible. Uh, you know, any feedback is great. If you don't like something, please let me know. If you're a frequent listener, and I don't know you are a listener, please reach out to me on Twitter or on Instagram at the MRC Tech. I am a friendly person. I will talk to you. I have no problem talking to you uh, at all. I love connecting with people. Coming soon, go over and subscribe to Going Live, a streamer's story. We've got our first episode coming out within the week, uh, Lewis IPA 07. It was a great interview. Episodes will only run about 40 to 45 minutes in length. Uh, you get to learn about your favorite streamers out there, what got them started, uh, where they plan on going, and what really drives them to stream. So a lot of really great insight from Lewis. Uh, it was great to talk to him. Honestly, it was the first time I talked to him, and that's what's beautiful about it is that 
I think I just met him within a chat uh, once upon a time, then found him in stream. He was wearing a shark hat and then just threw, literally threw a line, pun intended, out there and caught him and he was interested in doing the interview. So make sure you go check out Going Live, a streamer's story. Uh, you can uh, check that out on anchor.fm and anywhere you like to listen to podcasts. But this has been episode 28. I am Sean, your host of Star Wars by the MRC Tech. Thank you to the Twitch community out there. Uh, Malice Dave, Gingerbread, uh, Sky Venom, Mick Full. Thank you for uh, Killer Cam. Thank you for the bits. Thank you for the love. Thank you for the hosts. And we'll catch it next time on episode 29. Take care. And as they say in a galaxy far, far away, uh, may the force be with you. Star Wars by MRC Tech, created by Sean, found on Spotify, Apple, and Google Podcasts, can be streamed from mrctechllc.com. Follow Sean and MRC Tech on all the socials. Search out MRC Tech and you will surely find them. Catch all the exciting Star Wars action in a podcast form. But don't forget, MRC Tech also streams content like games and Lego builds and is also a tech specialist. Reach out if you ever need help. Music provided by Incompetech, the Baltic House Orchestra, Pandemics, and ChillHop.com. Copyrighted 2020. Cheers, and may the Force be with you.